When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing, expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. And the people wondered aloud saying, it is said that nothing is certain except death and taxes. But is it also inevitable that Manchester United will lose to Liverpool on Monday? And a wise man said, you must visit the oracle, for the oracle seeth all things both now and in the future. And the oracle spake in his ever so slightly whiny voice. And the oracle did say unequivocally, (laughs) which is quite un-oracle-like, it is the only result I am absolutely certain of out of all 10 Premier League games. It's just a question of how many United are beaten by. It could get very messy for them. And thus spake the oracle, who some call Chris Sutton, and the people were <laughs> awed by his great knowledge. Second this week only to GK from Bad Boy Chiller Crew. He's at it again, Christopher, Chris Sutton. I'll tell you what, he's yeah. your boy. He is, he is. And, but, you know, he's cornered a, a place in the market there. Of, yeah. uh, in the Oracle market. I'm expecting <laughs> to see his uh, two trunks uh, in the sand, t- two uh, stone legs in the sand, looking at uh, surveying his works and despairing yes. <laughs> yes. before yeah, too long. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm up in, uh, in Edinburgh still, uh, where there's uh, lovely, there's a dustbin men strike cannily coinciding with the festival, and the whole place is quickly disappearing under a new Arthur's seat of Coke cans and chip wrappers and half-eaten <laughs> deep-fried Mars bars. Seagulls <laughs> everywhere, perched on top of the piles, just shrugging and going, I don't even know where to start, man. <laughs> and apparently the barristers are also going to go on strike. So who's yeah. going to make my coffee? That's what I want to know. Yeah. But the barristers particularly messy, because it might all get evened out in some way. Yeah, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of paperwork, so you know the, the recycling bills bins are full. Exactly. So, yes, yes, yes. Um, and Ellen White and Jill Scott have both retired from international football. Did you see that? I uh, did this see week, that. Yeah. Leaving a couple of plate spaces in Serena, Serena, leaving a couple of spaces in Serena week, uh, week leaving a couple of spaces <laughs> in anyway. That's the end of that. Leaving a couple of spaces <laughs> in Serena Wiegmann's World Cup squad. It's, I tell you what, it's not going to be worth the journey now. That's yeah, it's a long walk to this one, whatever the fuck it's it is. It's quite weak yeah. anyway. Um, there's been no shortage of people suggesting players, not least the BBC, whose predicted squad includes, unsurprisingly, Fiona Bruce and Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> well, he's free. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I noticed that Jill Scott 
Clark and Ellen White had both uh, ended their career. They'd call time on their career. That's what you do, isn't it, with a career? You call yes, time you do. on oh, You hang up your boots as well. Yeah, you hang up your boots, yeah. But, and they call time on, on illustrious England careers. And mystifyingly, the, the factlet that has been tagged onto Ella, uh, Ellen White ending her career with 52 England goals is that she's one short of Wayne Rooney's England record. Why are we mixing up men's and women's stats? It's not the same. She should be yeah. lauded, shouldn't she, for being the leading Lioness goal scorer out on her own? Shouldn't yeah. she? Not yeah. somehow ever so slightly disappointing for not matching good old Shrek. You know, I find yeah. it fascinating um, how the supposedly egalitarian levelling up of attention paid to the women's game now is just providing more and more opportunities to to have it put in its place. <laughs> I think it's extraordinary, but still. Absolutely right. And, and of course, the other thing that they always do is they always want the end of the story about leading scorers to end with a current player. So it used yeah. to always be, you know, yes, he got that many goals, but not in as many starts. And Harry Kane, of course, is going to be doing this. At all. It's, yes. Before it was yeah, Wayne yeah. Rooney is going to be doing this. Before that, it was well, Lillard who was going to be doing this. Do you think they're going to say when Harry Kane is one behind Wayne Rooney, oh, he's matched yeah. Ellen White now? Do you think they're going to say that? I don't Well, you've got you to know. think not. But, yeah. but you never know. Let's hope they you do. Never know. We, we, we can say it. You know that bloody irritating Sky Sports advert which tries to tell you that live sport only happens once? You know, the one that sticks Micah Richards into previous historical moments, like a sort of Forrest Gump, the role he was born to play, by the way. But if you're trying to sell the idea that it only happens once, perhaps don't put the same advert on twice in the same bloody advert break. <laughs> I mean, it's it's infuriating, isn't it? To, to be told, oh, this only happens once. This only happens once. Here it is yeah. happening again. Once. And yeah. know, it's, it's like brainless. Anyway. Yeah. They're, they're, they're clearly trying to undermine the whole not finding out the results before match of the day thing, the whole likely lads thing. It's an, it's a, it's an assault on the likely lads' lifestyle. But I always think that about the Sky things because obviously the people in the background who are making these compilations and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and they used to always be impressive in the cup final that they could put together a yeah. package with music and everything like that. Yeah. But then they're just, I mean, in the cup final, it's acceptable. But on Sky, they just flog one to death and then bring in another one, flog it to death. They could actually, you know, sort of seed them a little bit and mm. then you you might even rather enjoy one you know but in it, as with everything uh, for sky you just hit over the head with it constantly it's you? just brainwashing is all it is hey did you see um paris saint germain's goal after eight seconds against lille did you see the clip of that no uh, i haven't Neymar seen any not, football this week you haven't seen any football no but i've seen no where you are <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm up no, in Scotland, same as you are, but I'm further north and um, there's no sky here. Well, there is a sky here, obviously, but there's no... Uh, so I have, I've seen nothing. I've seen nothing at all. Ah, so you didn't see uh, Neymar knock the ball back to Ver Verratti, uh, get it back, lay it off to Messi, who lofted it over the defence for Mbappe to run onto and lob the keeper after eight seconds. Coach Christophe Galtier claimed they'd worked on it in training, but that he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you have Neymar, Verratti, Messi and Mbappe, you can do that sort of thing. Because one thing you know about players like that, they're going to do exactly what you tell them. Aren't they? <laughs> if you come yes. up with a thing, you come up with a kickoff thing. Yes, boss, we'll have a go at that. <laughs> yeah. no, they won't just I'm, do anything off the. Won't do anything on the fly. Won't do anything <laughs> off the cuff. 
<laughs> I think I think probably what he means by we've worked on it in training is he turns up at training, goes, right, lads, knock it about a bit and try and score. <laughs> That's what's yeah. happened. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, boys, be good with the ball and score as yeah. quickly as you can. <laughs> yeah, and give it and give it to the good ones, the ones that get paid more. <laughs> um, also, I, I thought we should start because it, it, it is very sad about about the classified football results, and I think we should start a sort of um, to bring it back in a, in, a, in a kind of a way. So, for those missing the classified results, the famous sloping pitch presents classic classified classified results from around the world <laughs> and lost in time. And this week's Red classified by Nicholas results, John Hancock. Yes, and this week's classified results are from the twentieth of August, two thousand and twenty-two. The Jersey Football Association Combination League. Google <laughs> first team, four. St. Blades, nil. St. Paul's, two. St. Clement, four. And that's it, because it's Jersey. And so there aren't very many It's only those four teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Well, you know, that's not, you know, that's not taking up more time than they can spare on Sports Report. That's the thing. It's infuriating, isn't it? Yes, Anyway, shall we move on to um, what we, uh, a semi-regular feature called Ryan Giggs Poetry Corner? Ryan Giggs' golden treasury of poetry. Yeah, exactly, of, of verse. Yeah, I yes, mean, it seems that Ryan Giggs has been hiding his light under a bushel. Yeah, the man's a poet, as the world and his wife discovered during his ongoing court case. And his wife offered up a poem that uh, Giggsy had written. I mean, yes. honestly, I was expecting it to contain some football imagery, you know, stuff about balls nestling in the back of the neck kind of style. But no, it's much more direct and and emotional than that. It is. Um, we were thinking of getting Stephen Fry to read this out, but, you know, because it's poetry. Or maybe Anthony mm. Hopkins, a little bit of a Welsh lilt there. Or maybe Richard Burton, he would have been good. He um, would have been good. Yeah. He, he's as available as Stephen Fry, unfortunately, but right. still. Well, I, I, no one I, would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. <laughs> that would have been good, but still. Yes. Um, so you, you saw this, didn't you? You saw this. Yeah, uh, I saw it. I, I don't, this, well, you, as you well know, Chris, um, poetry is my first love. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was d- delighted to see it. Just ahead of contemporary dance, I think, isn't it? Yes. I think we're both, yeah. both desperate to read something. So you can read a, a I call it a stanza. <laughs> you can read a few lines. And I'm looking at it, it's not re- Yes, okay. Uh, well, re- over to you, Richard Burton. <laughs> I fell in love you with you from the start? first sight. That was just for, that's the first line <laughs> yeah. I've got. I don't know what there is. What's your what, first you know, there, I fell in love with you at first sight. Yes. Yes. I remember because I was high as a kite. <laughs> <laughs> Those beautiful eyes made me shiver. I'm not going to lie. I think of you. I dream of you. Can't help thinking. Pulling you was my greatest coup. C-O-O. O-O. Brackets. Sick. Brackets. I think if you've written a poem and it gets printed in the paper and it contains the word sick in brackets, S-I-C in brackets, you've made a boob. (laughs) Well, also, if if you've misspelt coup, you're not going to know what sick means anyway, are you? It's very unlikely. Or not. And and the the finish is absolutely brilliant. I, I yes. think, <laughs> um, of course, using the phrase "pulling you" was quite good as well in that last bit. But yes. it finishes. Yes. I'm going to end by saying, "You are my love, <laughs> my friend, my soul, and most of all, you believe in me, which makes me feel as hard as a totem pole." <laughs> 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 anyway, next week, John Terry, I think, isn't it? <laughs> you sort of imagine, because a totem pole has has faces on it, doesn't it? I it know, has carvings. And, and I know. It, 
is he just buy, he's just buying really top of the range condoms maybe and just yeah. <laughs> has a has those illustrations to look down on but anyway poor old yeah. Ryan I mean as we're um, as we're uh, talking the jury is still deliberating so maybe you know by now by listening to this how this has gone but at the moment he's just getting a bad press for his poetry Anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when you say the jury's out, are we talking about the Nobel jury for poetry? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, the Pulitzer <laughs> Prize people. <They're laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so let's start with proper football anyway, with the relegation six-pointer at Old Trafford on Monday, which uh-huh. you didn't see, did you? No. Nope. Because, you're, because you're away in Banff. I did listen to it on the radio, however. Ah, well, so, that's almost uh, as good. Was Chris Sutton a part of the, the well, it was, team? I, I have to say, and this is very unfair, I've got no axe to grind with Chris Sutton, by the way, at all. Oh, okay. But it's the only time in my life I've wanted Manchester United to win, just because he was so, so <laughs> absolutely <laughs> determined that he was correct in, in his prediction. Yes, well, of course. I mean, it was an evening that began with a, with a loud protest against the Glazers outside, everything going wrong, it's unacceptable that they considered Marco Arnautovic, poor chap. Uh, we want our club back as if they ever really had it. Uh, by the end of the evening, though, everything's all right again. Ten Hag has sorted out their attitude problem by putting it on the bench. Rashford has ended his 997-minute goal drought, so obviously the floodgates are going to open now. And their new five-foot-nine-inch centre-back is better than Slabhead Maguire. Roy Keane smiling an eerie and terrifying smile that we haven't seen for a couple of years. Gary Neville calling everyone outstanding. And suddenly it's just a matter of a tweak here and there, and United will be back at the top end of the table where they apparently belong. I thought, I must say, watching it, that United were on the back foot for most of the game hanging yeah. on I didn't know yeah, it, the, the description of it didn't seem to match what I was looking at but still that's not the first time that's happened Liverpool had most of the possession and you know as we know that doesn't always translate into a win but you know they found themselves doing what other teams have been doing to them uh, you know playing on the break not seeing a lot of the ball pinching a couple of goals good ones fair enough and then throwing themselves in front of the ball like like you know minnows in a in a giant killing feat <laughs> and little Lissandro Martinez was okay blocking off Liverpool's diminutive forward line, but isn't Haaland just going to stomp on him? I mean, he's five foot now. He's two inches taller than Tom Cruise. You know, it's not. <laughs> but anyway, um, and it's put down to an, uh, to uh, Ten Hag's put it down to an, a change of attitude. What did you do in the What did you do in the uh, in the week? Gary Neville asked him. You know, that's that's brought about this change. And uh, it's he, he said it's just an attitude thing. It's an attitude change. And part of the attitude change that occurred was that they were the underdogs. They're big underdogs. Uh, you know, you've only got to listen to Chris Sutton. You know, they yeah. were big underdogs, and maybe that suits them better. You know, their, yeah. their style of play better than rocking up and expecting to roll Brentford over easily. Well, there's another way to look at that, which is, you know, in the new world order, which is how football works. After each round of games, there are massive generalisations. But, you know, in fact, if you look at it now, they had a pretty tough start, didn't they? They had Brighton at home and Brentford away. So this Mm. this fixture came at just the right time for them. You know, Mm. a a very poor Liverpool side, apparently, that uh, that nearly won the quadruple. And uh, the pressure (laughs) is told, finally. Well, they're hard hit by injuries, aren't they? And the suspension of of Nunes, that's plain to see. If only from the fact that their bench is mostly populated by lads who haven't played in the first team yet, you know, whose name you haven't even heard of before. I mean, yeah. they don't have Mane anymore, obviously, and Nunes, his replacement, was suspended, so there's not much they could do about that. 
But it's a little perplexing, looking from the outside, that they haven't replaced the options that they had off the bench last season. Because this was where they they would draw games they were losing. They would win games they were drawing because they could bring on Divock Origi. They could bring on Takumi Minamino and they would make a difference. And, they, you know, they had the four strikers and they only, they could only start with three of them. So the fourth one would come on and change, you know, Diego yeah. Jota would come on and change yeah. the game. But they don't have those resources anymore because they let um, Origi go, you know, as a, as a hero, obviously, they didn't kick him out. Uh, and Minamino, they they, they let go perfectly amicably, but they haven't replaced the no. strength in depth that they had up front, you know? It, it, it's and, almost um, as if David Fairclough never existed, isn't it? You know, that, <laughs> that, that, that you know, the inevitable the superstar. Super yeah, 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 exactly. And speaking of attitude problems, did you see that Rangers boss Giovanni Van Bronckhorst dropped their Euro top scorer, Alfredo Morelos, from their crunch game against PSV last night for attitude issues? He came back for the start of the season overweight, apparently, and then got a red card against Hibs at the weekend for whacking someone in the face. So they left him behind. And after mm-hmm. being left behind, and Morelos posted a message saying um, that the best warrior is not the one who always triumphs, but the one who comes back to battle without fear. Uh, you know, right. no, the one who always triumphs is the best one. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Ask, ask surely. Anthony Joshua. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the game of the weekend was uh, St. James's Park, and you missed that as well. Um, I mean, it's interesting that they, the way they build that Super Sunday thing, that they build Leeds against Chelsea as that old and bitter rivalry and then characterise this game as the new big rivalry going forwards because of their similar sort of super-rich Middle East-based ownership. They managed to do this without using the word sport-washing or the phrase morally questionable or bringing up human rights at all or the murder of dissident journalists. And it's not normally how you do the build-up, is it? The clash of owners, you know, Glazer against Bowley, this time it's financial. It doesn't usually happen that way. <laughs> I mean, the idea no, clearly is that both these teams have the monetary muscle to dominate this league and Europe and intergalactically if any alien 11s pitch up with their boots wanting a game. Newcastle, though, still resolutely setting their sights on what you might call lesser lights. You know, the fans mutter, have been muttering, haven't they, about Messi ever since the uh, the Saudi takeover, but the club's doggedly still linked with Joe Pedro from Watford. Anyway, it was a hell of a game, though. You know, with Newcastle showing what it's possible if you if you don't just sit back and admire City passing the ball about hoping for the best, yeah, and you push them and you push into gaps behind the, behind their midfield. San Maximum ran them ragged at times. It was quite. It was, I, I, you're right, but, but I heard all that. You know that 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 build up thing about it. That this could be the new the new big rivalry, and mm. you know you've got to show Newcastle respect. Blah 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 blah. And it was so funny because by the end, certainly on the radio, they went, God. They actually bloody drew. <laughs> They've been building it all up. It's like it's like when I think I told you this story about. And I, I once stayed in a, in a guest house with my son called uh, Dolphin View, and there were dolphins everywhere. A dolphin, yeah. dolphin mirrors, little dolphin statuettes, <laughs> uh, dolphins on the you know on the, um, the, the publicity on the pa- uh, on the, the writing paper and all that sort of stuff. And we went and, and Harvey and I went upstairs. We looked out the window into the bay and we saw a dolphin. And we came downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> and we said to the woman, "People just seen a dolphin." She goes, "He's bloody joking! I've been here twenty five years. I've never seen one." <laughs> and it was a bit like that with Newcastle going, "Yep, this is you know this. You're going to see a new Newcastle here. It's going to be well, very, no, very yeah. different." And then it was different. It was different. Well, according to um, uh, the stats people, Greed Note. Uh, they suggest that Newcastle should already be considered an elite club based on their performance in 2022 when they would be fourth at a league table from New Year's Day. And <laughs> Shearer 
reckoned uh, it, this this is how um excited Alan Shearer has got um since Newcastle have drawn with Manchester City he reckons that Newcastle could be the best of the rest outside the top 6 i.e. 7th i mean the sheer fucking dreariness of that the I lack know. of ambition of imagination is breathtaking yeah. oh you know it's great we could be the best of the rest now well i'd, oh, I'd like God. to see them i'd like to see them at the end of the season doing a lap of honor around the pitch and the song coming out simply the best the yeah. best of the rest. The best, yeah. <laughs> Simply seventh. You know, Christ. Anyway, we need to take a break and we can come back and, and, and should we talk about football in the second half or more poetry? More poetry, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, welcome back. And don't forget you can come and see our live show at Christopher... Oh, what? It's at my house. When did that happen? <laughs> no, it's not at your house. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Well, yeah, I'll, yeah. Um, it's at King's Place near King's Cross as part That's of the right. podcast. Just look Festival. up Sloping Pitch, on, King's Place, etc. Live uh, podcast. It'd be lovely to see you. Um, on not least what we what we're lovingly entitling uh, Ronaldo Day. Which is Ronaldo fun. Day, yes. But more of that on the live podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Chris, First anniversary uh, for Ronaldo going to Man United again, but still. Anyway. Chris Southend, Oldham, etc., etc., etc. Take us back. Etc. Etc. Et well, as you know, I'm up in Edinburgh at the Fringe just now, and in a way, the Edinburgh Fringe is a lot like the world of football in microcosm. Um, you have the choice to pay through the nose to go into one of the big venues to see jokers off the telly doing the same stuff you can see them doing on the telly, except crammed in next to a piss bloke and a woman who spends 15 minutes on her phone looking at pictures of herself. Or you can head along to venue number 457, the phone box at the bottom of Lothian Road, to watch some wannabes desperate to be in one of the big places, claiming that performing in front of one man and his dog is somehow more real. And there will be a woman on her phone sat next to you, shining the light in the corner of your eye, and you will try to kick her shin as you shuffle out at the end. Now, Oldham Athletic, my team, are down among the wannabes at the moment, as we know. 16th in the National League after two defeats in a row. Wealdstone at home last Tuesday, and then Southend United away at the weekend. A 1-0 where their goal is after about half an hour, and you're just feeling your bones that whatever happens, that's going to be the final score. We've all been to that game dozens and dozens of times. Oh, yes. <laughs> but uh, the sort of dispiriting result, in short, that leads Oldham fans to start calling for Sheridan's head already. And really? My, yeah. I mean, mind you, Rochdale have showed everyone the way this time, haven't they? Sacking Robbie Stockdale after just two games left them bottom of the league. You can't have a proper league table after two games, can you? But still. But this is obviously, Chris, this is obviously why managers say there's no point in looking at the league table until Christmas. And what they really mean is, please, is please, please don't look at the league table until Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was looking at the League Two table at the weekend. They're up to five games now because they started a week before the before our league and the Premier League. But um, and even though we're not in it anymore, you know, you kind of can't help checking out the teams we were locked in a life and death struggle with last time. Death, by the way, is how that one turned out. But towards the end, you will remember it was between us and Stevenage and Barrow, and both of them mm. have started like trades. Second and third, they are. Uh, Stevenage driven on by our last season's captain, Carl Pierjani, and Barrow, now managed by Pete Wilde, our former caretaker boss and fan, who masterminded our cup win at Fulham and did so well with FC Halifax. And Stevenage beat League One Peterborough in the EFL Cup, and Barrow almost matched them against Lincoln, uh, losing only on penalties. And they've had a bit of a jolt, clearly, but Stevenage and Barrow having such a near miss last season. A bit like Leeds in the Premier League this time, having just missed out on a relegation. They come back and they're all fired up and they and they they want to prove they belong. Um, Oldham fans, though, we've had the 
procession and the fanfare with the new owner and the optimism for Frank Rothwell's flat cap-based future, all that. But some have already transformed that into a new sense of entitlement. Why aren't we splashing out on new strikers? Why aren't we buying new wingers, new playmakers? Why haven't we got a progressive new young manager that everyone would want to pinch off us instead of a club legend, much-loved club legend, dragged out of retirement? I mean, clearly we've got to spend this season consolidating because the club was in such a mess. But who, and you know, who doesn't like consolidating? Consolidating all your debts into one easy to pay back loan, for example, such fun. You know, edge of the seat stuff. Friday evening, we're playing Aldershot at Boundary Park, which I won't be able to go to, obviously, because I'm up here. But I'm actually really looking forward to the return fixture later in the season, as the recreation ground is where we did a lot of the filming for Boston's Cup, you'll remember. And tonight, I am going to one of Edinburgh's biggest venues, uh, Tyne Castle, to watch the second leg of Hearts Europa League qualifier with FC Zurich. And by the time you hear this, uh, everyone, the reviews will be in. Hoping for five stars from some twonk off the internet, using the line, the Swiss defence was like their cheese, full of holes, or something referencing the <coughs> cuckoo clock, or Nazi gold. They're the oh, Swiss, Swiss hearts, references, aren't they? Hearts have a mountain to climb. That'll be another uh, yeah, one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, that'll be, yes. Oh, some some ah, alpine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reference. Yeah. Goals in the bank. Yeah. And or yeah. something to do with, uh, yeah, you know, Toblerone. <laughs> yeah. An, an incredibly clean game. Yeah. We'll yes. Have these yes. yes. Uh, one yes. for the yes. neutrals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very good. I like that very much. Um, something about Dignitas. Anyway, you know, it's not our job to do these things. It's not anybody's job. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I, yes, that, that business about, you know, um, demanding, um, you know, by, buying a top-of-the-range striker, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Football fans are... Uh, not all, but they incredibly well. It's the, it's a vocal keen. minority, isn't it? Yes, when you look at yeah, you look yeah, at what yeah. you look I, at the people that you know the the people that you don't know, but they're on Twitter and they're on the forums yeah, and they're on yeah. this and, then, and, and those are those aren't necessarily representative. It's just no, 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 no. A little bit not, depressing but, uh, to to yeah. be faced with those opinions. You know, still never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember. I, I think I may have told you this before. I remember when we got relegated um, from the Premier League, and the, you know. Praise or grumble. Every every team has the equivalent on their local radio station, I'm sure, uh, which is mostly <laughs> grumble. Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mostly yeah. grumble. And and this this woman came on and said said she said, well, after that after that relegation, Peter Coates and Denise Coates should go around the ground on their knees and apologise to each and every fan in the ground for getting... And you think, they've just put millions and millions of pounds in. They clearly are proper Stoke fans. You know, where do you get that idea? We used to listen... When we, uh, I used to go to um, Hillsborough with uh, with our friend Andrew and his dad uh, when I was at school. And you, the, the uh, radio, Sheffield Radio had a had a, a praise or grumble thing after. And for years we thought it was that the host was called Fraser Crumble. <laughs> we just thought... <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Um, and at Stoke, it, um, seven minutes in, because I, I made a point of checking, was the first yeah. time uh, that anybody said, well, Liam DeLatte's not going to do it for us, is he? Uh, <laughs> he on the pitch for seven that. minutes. Uh, anyway, Stoke, Stoke, Stoke. Oh, do you know, a, a terrible pre-season, which is meant to mean good season, but in fact, yeah. terrible season. Uh, you know, And we've bought really well, I think, unlike... 
for the first time in ages, nearly all of the players, but it just doesn't work. You know, you put all this stuff together and it should be a lovely tasting pie, but in fact, it's a big load of shit. Is what it is, and it's a bit. <laughs> I thought I'll you were going to go for another sort of pie there. Okay, yes. just shit. Okay, shit pie. No, no, no. Um, it's it's it, tell you what, it reminds me of the Travelling Wilburys. You know, you've got yeah. all these very, very famous and brilliant musicians, but awful, really awful. Oh. Um, well, I mean, I, think I like you, oh, yeah. you'd quite like. Well, there you know. I mean, you yeah. and I have different musical tastes. I have none, and you have some. I have one. So, <laughs> yeah, you have one. <laughs> but it's it's just a bit heartbreaking, and, you, and it's getting to the stage, and I'm definitely not one of these people who call for managers' heads. It's getting to the stage where you're thinking, I don't know who to blame here, but ultimately, ultimately, it's got to be the manager. Well, you bring in new players, and it's not unreasonable for it to take a few games for them to work out how how to work together as a team. It's not unreasonable. A lot of the a lot of the the, the teams just at the moment are looking a little bit scrambled because they don't know what um, what their, what their new teammates can do. I mean, some of the teams that are doing well are the ones who haven't changed all that much. You know, I mean, Leeds have lost Calvin Phillips, who wasn't really playing last season, and Rafinha. But otherwise, you know, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a quite a similar sort of bunch. And so they're, you know, they're, uh, so they've started well, you know, and other teams have brought in, uh, you know, loads of players who haven't quite got the hang of playing together yet. And that'll just happen, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, you don't say look at the league Leeds. table till Christmas, Nick. <laughs> no, you say that about Leeds, but then again, Calvin Phillips and Rafinha were their two, you know, they top, were two standout players. players. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, uh, um, and the, 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 what worries me, you, you had Surridge play for you, didn't you, at Oldham? Um, yes. Who, he'd, yes he'd, been right. at, uh, he'd been at Norwich and he's now Got two Forest goals fact, last night or the night before? Yeah, he scored two goals yeah. in, in midweek. You know, I think we, we got him and we played him about, I may be wrong on this, eight, eight, ten, maybe twelve times. And then we mm. sell him on, you know, and you think, mm. well... That doesn't seem to be the right thing, does it? I thought he was a good player. He had a good... Oh, well, I think he's a good player. And we good keep finishing games with five forwards on the pitch, which you think is great, but it means it's panic. Something's so, gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, start with five. That's that. That is confidence. Yeah. Well, that's old school, isn't it? Two, three, five. That's old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, you know, it will be what it will be. And uh, and I'm just a little bit worried that what it'll be is a big shit pie, like I said. But we'll <laughs> All right, well, let's take, just to take your mind off that, let's just go back to the uh, City of Newcastle game because there was one little thing oh, yeah. that really uh, amused me um, that I picked up that I hadn't noticed at the time. City were hit by a world-class bit of fate tempting you know, in the Newcastle game. As we know, fate finds it hard to resist a good tempting. But at the end of last season, Jack Grealish joked about Riyad Mahrez that he'd played so badly, he'd played like Almiron, <laughs> which is a mean, a mean oh. thing to say. And yeah. so obviously Almiron was going to score <laughs> in, when, when they next played. And after, you know, he skied his first chance a first good chance, like Riyad Mahrez, by the way. Yes. But even so. And he got to celebrate twice as well after the offside flag was overturned by VAR, who had a hell of a game, actually, in City Newcastle. You wouldn't have seen um, being up in Banff. But um, Kieran Trippier was sent off for a tackle oh, on yes. Kevin De Bruyne. And the red card was then overturned by the VAR, asking the ref to go and have a look at the pitch side monitor. And it's very rare, isn't it, when the, the ref goes and has a look and he, does, and he doesn't change his mind because he... He feels like that's that's it's incumbent upon him to do that, not argue with the VAR guy. Um, but this one, 
Trippier was flying in. He was off the ground. He was out of control. They were saying, well, he didn't have his studs up, so it wasn't dangerous. It looked bloody dangerous to me. And the clinching thing uh, happened after the game. And obviously, they're not going to go back and change it again. But Trippier, in his post-match interview, said, I had to bring him down, otherwise he was clean through. So it's a professional foul. It's yeah. not only dangerous. It's not only, you know, out of control. It's, he's done it. On, he's, he's not gone for the ball. He's brought him down because otherwise he was clean through. I think that is baffling that VAR felt that needed changing. He's a lucky boy, I think. Absolutely. And then I've seen a photograph of it. And then, of course, a yeah. photograph doesn't tell us everything. But it does look pretty. It looks like assault. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was at least he was at least a couple of yards behind the ball. And he was yeah. flying in from behind and the side. I mean, it's a red card all, all day long, I think. Yeah. And, anyway. and Cucciarella, I mean, the Cucciarella one was similar, which we talked about last week. You know, you, last week, yeah, they grabbed yeah. his hair and threw him to the ground. Red card yeah. every every game you ever, you've ever seen. And yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Still, City had another goal for Ivan Drago, which was good, even though it was another game where he was double marked and his own team didn't really pass to him. Which is <laughs> it's fascinating. It's fascinating, I think. But I'm looking forward, as I said earlier on, to seeing him up against Lisandro Martinez. You know the uh, the Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, 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 Yes, yes. There were some yes. other interesting games. We talked about Leeds, didn't we? Just uh, a, minute, a moment ago, and without Calvin Phillips and Rafinha, but looking like Jesse Marsh might actually get them playing as a, a, a as a high energy attacking unit that will stop the fans banging on about how much they miss Bielsa. They looked really good, I thought, against Chelsea. Yeah, well, I know the results. The results. I, I liked. I liked the results as a group, if you know what I mean. <laughs> because you know, people would tell that it's. If only someone there was a way of a way of classifying them and, and delivering them in alphabetical order. If only I don't there was know, some way of that. doing well, that. One day, in an audio sort of. One day that'll be possible, Chris. <laughs> one day. Don't, don't stretch out for these things. Um, <laughs> but I, I. But I just thought, you know. It, the, the reaction was like, you know, this bodes some strange eruption to our state. You know, everything's been turned up and down, and it's yeah. wrong, and it's and it's weird, and it's it's wonderful. But it is wonderful, you know. It is a round ball, and it and it yeah. bounces about. There, sh- there should be um, not shocks. There should be slightly less predictable games. You know, it isn't well, yeah. a shock for Leeds to beat um, Chelsea three nil. Why would it be? They're in the same division. It shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's interesting that it's interesting how, um, how if you look at the top half of the table now, um, how uh, with Liverpool and Man United and Chelsea and West Ham as well having difficult starts to the season. There's room in the top six currently for Leeds, who are third, and Brighton, who are fifth, and Newcastle, who are sixth. Actually, inside the top six, Alan Shearer. Anyway, and and Fulham and Brentford and Palace and Forest make up the top half. And it's it's interesting. I think that these that one thing these teams have in common mostly is that they've had a good preseason and have hit the ground running. And some of the bigger clubs that are struggling spent their preseason on exhausting tours of Asia to build up their brand. And I haven't said that Palace are looking quite good, and they were out in Singapore, weren't they? As cannon fodder for United and Liverpool. But it must be hard to get over all that. Tra- it's not restful. It's not. It's not uh, conducive to having a good start. But well, also, you, and you've got, I mean, it's like for Man City and Liverpool, you've got um, the, the, either the disappointments of the Champions League not getting to the final or, or not yeah. winning the league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And also, I think you're having to read about your failures all the way through the summer, whereas if you're, <laughs> you know, if you play for Palace, 
nobody's really talking about you. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean, you're not fully in the spotlight all of the time, over mm. and over and over again. And on that subject, I'm quite interested in the idea not that there's genuinely any sort of conspiracy, but if you look, if you think about the England squad and you look at the players who are struggling at the beginning of the season yeah. or, or are getting bad press, wow. I mean, it really is like, you know, mental disintegration for the whole of the squad. You've got Maguire's been shoved onto the bench. Alexander Arnold is, is teams are actually, you know, uh, pointing him out as the weak spot at Liverpool. Uh, you've got Stones is always, you know, <laughs> you know, one one game away from being, um, you know, fragile, isn't he? Very, very lucky not to give away a penalty at the weekend. He just yeah. cannoned into Fabian Schaar, left him on the deck. It's a foul anywhere on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Mystifyingly not for City. And you've, well, and you've got... You've got um, Watkins dropped by Villa. You've got Mings dropped by Villa. You've got Henderson, who appears to be reaching the end of the, uh, of the road. You've got Sterling, who's gone to Chelsea and doesn't know what he's doing quite yet. You've got Rice, who's playing for West Ham, who aren't doing who aren't doing very well. Bottom of the table. Uh, you've got yeah. Phillips, Phillips at um, at Man City, who on the bench. Who, I don't know whether he's going to play. Mm. And and it's it, it, it's kind of worrying, isn't it? Uh, yeah, with uh, with Qatar on the horizon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With me, and Chelsea are interesting, aren't they? Because they've become, they've suddenly become, after losing to Leeds, the most panicky club as the end of the transfer window looms. And suddenly they need a new defender and a new central striker, and they're linked with paying a record fee for for Farner and a huge amount for Anthony Gordon, who's good, no doubt, but a type they seem to have a lot of. Not least Raheem right. Sterling, who they've paid slightly less for. Uh, you know, oh, they need Ronaldo, they need Harry Maguire, they need Obama Yang, they need Ivan Tony. I mean, hilariously, what they seem to need is Robert. Well, yeah, and I find it quite interesting because the the, the, the Anthony Gordon thing, you know, you you hear Everton fans are going, well, 40 million, yeah, we'll have it, you know. I can't can't stand that sort of thing. Oh, you know, we're happy to see him go as long as we get that kind of money for it. What's this we? You don't get the money. You'd be saying goodbye to, you know, a bright homegrown talent. And those are the players you want to watch the most, aren't they? Aren't well, they? they if you're be. a proper football fan, I mean, there, you know, there, you're not going to get a quick fix replacement for someone who's come up through the through the uh, the ranks because you have to wait for the next, you know, the next one. And I, I, I just, I mean, the Lisbon Lions—that's the dream, isn't it? You know, the win the European Cup with eleven Glasgow lads. I know those days are gone, but if I was an Everton fan, I think Gordon would be the last one I'd want to leave. But still. yeah. What's uh, when the last time Stoke got anywhere near winning, winning the, the the league uh, in 1939? It was called the Ten Pound Team because every uh, every one of them came from Stoke on Trent. Every single player, apart yeah. from Frank Mountford, who was born I think in Mexborough, uh, but he'd moved to Stoke at the age of four. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and and that is a dream. But also the other thing is when you're saying you know we're going to get 40 million for him, and then we can buy this, that, and the other. This is a team, Everton, that have spent about 500 million pounds over the last five years and have just failed basically well, I mean, you know what they're going to do Everton they're going to use the money to bring in three players from Watford because they have an experience of a relegation scrap you know and I, I, yeah. I it's baffling to me that Everton fans would would tolerate selling Anthony Gordon I mean yeah. he wants to go of course because you know his 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 uh, head's been turned by the by the money and the th- the thought of yeah. oh Champions League football apparently is great you <laughs> know because like Wayne Rooney there's only so much blue blood you can have in your veins when you flash that much cast in front of them yeah uh, yeah absolutely but absolutely but I mean I, there's a kind of there's a kind of logic 
logic to uh, saying you know, let's get let's get in players who, who are used to a relegation scrap, but not to players who are used to losing a relegation <laughs> yes, scrap. Exactly. That seems know, to me who know, to, who to know what it takes because they don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're we're a bit shit, so we're going to get some more shit players so they know what's going on. You see, yeah. And talking yeah. about the bottom of the table, I feel a bit sorry for Brendan Rodgers at the moment down at uh, at, at Leicester because they're still to to move into the transfer market at all um, and. Brendan Rodgers is joining Ralph Hasenhutl at the top of the sack race betting. Um, it was Eric 10 games until the Liverpool win, um, and he, but he'll now be Eric new 10-year deal. Game, won't he, because of everything's okay now. But, yeah. um, but uh, apparently Paddy Power paid out on Eric Ten Hag being the first manager sacked after the first two games, but they which do goes that. to show That's... what the, the, the book is. What the book is now. I mean, the book is uh, obviously um, listening very closely to the punditry of Chris Sutton. Yeah, but that's that's Paddy Power's shtick, isn't it? They they yeah, paid yeah, out on Stoke being relegated. After, I think after the first game. <laughs> okay, well, so uh, we're at the end of the show, but I've got to tell you, Chris, I love this news just in. News just in. <laughs> Not that I spend the whole show checking my phone, but I've got a message from my son, and Michael O'Neill has been sacked after six games into the season, which is no. Uh, <sighs> well, yes, but you know, it isn't six. It isn't. He isn't Eric Ten Hag. It isn't six games into his career. You know, no, this is I suppose, two fourteenth no. places on the trot. No, but as we were saying, you know, he's got a load of new players in, and he needs he has. time to time to get them to play together. Oh, well. He has. Well, oh, well. Uh, oh, shall we? We should start thinking about who's going to take his place. But first of all, yeah. you know, he is. I liked Michael O'Neill, and he did a great job for Northern Ireland. And it was great to have a grown up after having Nathan Jones and Gary Rowett, uh, you know, who both looked like they were going to um, be in a, well, not Nathan Jones in a nightclub, but they both looked very young and <laughs> and and too pally with the players, possibly. Who knows? Uh, but Michael O'Neill was there, you know, like a sort of no, yeah, alone a red boss. Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Hmm? It's a terrible thing to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so well, that's that's uh, messing you to me, and 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 I may have to go and 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 have a bit of a lie down. And, did you have and, any? Did you have any money on uh, on Paddy Power on uh, Michael O'Neill winning the cha- the championship sack race? Oh, I don't. I don't think because you could have cashed that in last week, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or, or on the day he was appointed. Um, yeah. yeah. So oh, I'm going to have to go away and speculate about the. Yeah, start the, the speculation new starts now. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. So is it one of those, do we think that they've got someone in place? Well, Roy Hodgson is available. Oh, God! <laughs> Traditionally, it was Gordon Lee we used to be linked with yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, or Dave Bassett. Yeah. yeah the put, oh, the uh, Red Adair of oh. uh, football management. Is Sam Allardyce <laughs> available? Sam Allardyce. I think he's twiddling his thumbs, yeah. Oh, he could be it then. And still could quite be a long way so. north, aren't they? He's a bit of a northerner. Yeah. He's almost all of a northerner. Well, anyway, uh, both, both, (laughs) yeah, both (laughs) depressing and exciting times at Stoke, uh, and 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 watch this space. No, no, listen to this space. Sports Social Podcast Network.